Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by 360 and Dev in Denver and Squarespace. I'm one of your hosts, UX designer Yasmin Evian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, tech columnist Andy Anako. Hello. And Russell Ivanovich, who I, I don't I don't know if it's actually Russell. I can't really tell. I think he is in VR. He's lost in VR right now. Yasmin, for our first ever live video episode, and probably our last one, I'm joining us live in VR, but I think I've forgotten to put a phone into that thing, so I might just put it over here. How's things? It's good, good. It's our 50th episode, and it's live, um, and it's super weird because we can see, like, people are chatting in the box, so they'll be able to tell us, like, hey, super boring, move on, or hey, we love this discussion topic, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, we usually don't have that. Usually it's just us talking, but they did get to see into the chaos of what is material, the beginning of material. Um, you know, we're all kind of like, wait, what? Are we live? What's going on? You hit the live button before before we were ready. Russell, we kind of threw us off guard here. That's how it roll, Yasmin. I have to show people, because I normally edit this show, like after we're finished, I have to show people what really goes on, the amount of editing that has to go into this just to make us sound like, you know, good. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, kid. I well, kid. That's the risks of, of joining into a, a Google like live chat. It's uh, I, I did one experimentally last night. We did a test a test of the system yesterday, and uh, oh, ah, excuse me. Are you listening to yourself? Uh, hang on. I don't know. I See, don't know. This is what happens every week. I'm just gonna drink Talk this delicious beverage while we wait. This is what a live show is about, right? This is why people tuned in. Hi everybody. Who is? What are? What's going on? Andy's Who's that? Alexa. Oh. <laughs> Alexa, turn off my lights. <laughs> we uh, right now in the live chat we have we have Team GIF and Team Jeff going on right now. We all know where I stand. Why is there so many Team GIF people, Yasmin? I think you said because the, yes, because they I've seen they have been enlightened and now uh, understand what is what is uh, the truth here. Oh look, well, someone I had a I had a small staff discipline problem. It's been incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy's, Andy's back. Andy's back. Line. Nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, so it is our 50th episode, which uh, is pretty exciting because we've been talking about doing a live video. The fans have been like, please, you know, listeners, listeners, they're not fans, they just listen to us. They're like, please do a live episode because you guys are always talking about uh, things that we can't see and we try to do our best to describe it. But we finally actually did one for, it's for our 50th episode, so it's pretty awesome because it's been uh, a little bit less than a year since we first launched Material because we launched Material pretty close after uh, after I.O. And I guess you could give like the, the quick like rundown or not rundown, Russell, you can just give like the super short 10 second snippet of like the, the timeline after I.O. when we started the show. You want my elevator pitch? Yes, your pitch. <laughs> the elevator pitch of Material Podcast. Go. So I reached out to Mike. Mike said, yes, we totally did an Android show on Relay. And he said, you should do it. And I'm like, Mike, you're crazy. And then Andy and Yasmin joined us. And it turns out we're not crazy. 50 shows later, we're still here. So, haha. I'm saying ha-ha at me because Mike didn't actually think it was crazy. I think I was the one who thought it was crazy. You were the one. You were the one that were like, "What?" So uh, yeah, I still re I still really remember that day when uh, you reached out to me to to ask me, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, like this is what?" I uh, yeah. You can you can ask my husband all about it, like going out to dinner, and I'm like, 
I don't know, should I do this? Like, do I know enough about Android to do this? And my husband's like, Yasmin, you're probably like the person that knows more about Android that I know like anyone. Like, yes, you need to go get on this podcast. So thank you to my husband who uh, encouraged me to continue. But Andy, we shipped you something uh, last year, last year, last, last year. Yeah, Andy, I'm glad you just got it, the postal service, so fast. Well, if it was Australian postal service, that would have been accurate. <laughs> you have it, do you uh, have it uh, with you? Uh, yes, I do. It's hang on. Oh, this the preparation that goes into this show is just amazing. I, have to say. I mean, first oh. of all, oh, that's a different uh, drawer. D two cookie jar. I mean, I don't collect cookie jars, but I'm a really big fan of uh, uh, of Star Wars, and uh, the fact that you got this shipped to me, uh, that, that was really, really, uh, very, very touching. Uh, and the note uh, that Yasmin included. Oh, okay. Uh, I, what's, I, like, what's the note? I put it inside here because I didn't want to lose it. I just want to read it to you. Awesome. <laughs> this is what happens when this is part of the general wackiness that happens behind the scenes normally it's edited out now you can yeah i know no, no. You, now we can't edit andy out where yes, oh, we just oh, goes, no, we can't I, edit I mean, accents either the people did not know what kind of accents goes on when the show is paused uh yeah and then there's uh, i guess now they'll actually be able to see my face just like hit the desk when when you guys go off <laughs> off the walls here yes 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 i don't know but they, they, they were very very nice to pick up uh, a google io 2016 droid in his or yeah. her uh, uh, 2016 uh, sweatshirt you can also see that uh well it's uh, it's actually the kind of bluish, so it should it actually should have if they if they had a really good uh, good sense of humor, they should just like spray painted like the top of it like a really really deep deep red to suggest that they got there a little bit late. So they had to sit way way in the back during the keynote, and they just got absolutely sunburned. Hey, <laughs> hey uh, that that was all Russell. You, you know, Yasmin was in uh, private reserve seating, so didn't have to deal with that, you know. <laughs> Why well, I, so, I can't edit this out either. Oh, random man, my, my random man walking through pots. So they're 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 having they're having a good time together. Yeah, that's uh. So they at and at Google I/O they had these um awesome little Android like 2016 things that you could get. Oh, you can't see. There's the glare. There we go. So the cool thing about this is that I was actually um able to click or use um hands. What is it called? Hands off payment. Google hands off. Hold on, let me let me get the right name on this. Hands free. Sorry, this is what we have to go through the editing. See, hands off. So it's actually Google uh, hands free payment. So when we actually had the nearby team, we were talking about different ideas of how we can use technology to identify that we are close by. And one of the things that they talked about that I think we actually had to had to edit out. And maybe maybe I'm not even supposed to be saying this, but they were talking about actually the hands free payment, which was the ability to um, Pay to go to the store. You actually don't have to even get your phone out to like tap and pay, but they use your face to say, "Oh, hey, are you Yasmin? Are you Andy? Are you Russell?" And you say, "Yes, that that is me." And then they'll charge your your account on there. So I was able to use hands-free payment to get my my Droid. So that was like super super fun, um, and I got five dollars off for doing that. So there we go. That's awesome. I, I was not able to use uh, Android Pay in America because I'm Australian and they don't like us over there. Um, I have to say, Yasmin, you know how you were talking about every show, there's something that we bring on and we can't show it to the listeners. And I, I actually got something this week. So I got the the Thico, sorry, the Ricoh Theta S, a 3D camera. And I was all set to bring it on this show to show like all the listeners, like, oh, look, 3D camera. And I lent it 
to my wife this morning. So I completely forgot <laughs> to bring it. <laughs> so here, pretend that we're doing the audio version. We're going to do the reverse joke here. Pretend this is the audio version. This is my 3D camera. It's it's this long. You can rotate it. It takes 3D pictures. Oh, it, it's my high-level sort of thoughts on this is it is cool, really, really cool to be able to take 3D photos. So we took it out um, to various places. We went with the office and like took a picture of the kids like playing soccer. The problem is some of the technology is still catching up. So Google Photos lets you view the 3D photos if you do it in the web app or the Android app. It doesn't work in the iOS app for some reason. I guess they haven't added support for that yet. And then the video part of it is super annoying because basically the only app I can find that plays that is the actual, like the app that comes with the camera, which is not, I must say, it's not the best app in the world. It's it's not very well built. So I find it, I believe you can upload them to YouTube. I know there's, there's certain transcoding settings you can set and then you get a 3D video, but it is super hard to be able to, you know, share those with other people. And it's a bit annoying not just to be able to say to people like, look, I took a 3D photo. Like here it is. Like, no, I'm going to send you a link, but please don't open that on your iPhone. Like make sure you open it on your desktop. It's, yeah. Can you not, wait, can you not view it like via the photos app? On iOS? No. Or even, no. or even your mobile, like the mobile photos? It doesn't oh. work in the oh. web browser on iOS and it doesn't work in the iOS photos app either. What? Google. What? what? No, this, this is also the, the, the set of apps that don't support uh, iOS 9 fully yet. So maybe, <laughs> I, 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 supposedly, uh, you know, so someday VR and 3D is going to become a big I, big thing uh, at, uh, at Google and they'll start supporting this stuff. Well, I'm surprised because I can. Uh, I uh, uh, whenever I do a photosphere, uh, it's uh, of course it re it records to your camera uh, camera roll as just like a big weirdo looking JPEG. And when I upload that to Flickr, Flickr understands. Oh, that's a 360 degree view. So I'm just going to give you this brand. I'm going to give you this uh, this custom uh, viewer for it. So I'm surprised that Photos doesn't support it. Yeah, like I said, it does on the web. So if you're on a desktop and you load it okay. in, you know, Chrome or whatever, that, it works fine. And then it works really nice. Almost like Pretty much exactly like Street View. So if you ever use Street yeah. View um, in a web browser, you know, you get your mouse, you pan around, you can do exactly the same thing with, with these photos. The quality um, is all right. It's not brilliant. Like you can, it's a little bit grainy. It, it's probably exactly like Street View, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you forget that you're trying to put the 180 degree uh, field of view into still, it's not like an 800 megapixel sensor. So it's a it's pretty coarse resolution, but just the uh, I, I find myself taking a lot of photospheres uh, when I travel. Just the just the idea of I'm going to have a complete 360 degree view of this spot where I was standing and have the free ability to look wherever I want to look because there's nothing that evokes uh, the sense of having been there than being able to look not not just choose one scene but here is actually a, a complete view uh, of, of being there. Uh, so I, I have to admit that I've I've been tempted to buy one of those Ricoh cameras too. I have held off because once you get, but I, I do calculate my uh, my impulse by spending limit uh, every every time that I do I do my finances uh, three four times over the year and it is substantially less than three hundred twenty nine dollars so it's it's usually it's usually it's usually correlated to the price of a burrito so anything that's about nine dollars or less I don't even have to think about it I can just boom just go and buy it but three hundred something dollars I'll have to decide and but usually in my father's voice. Andy, I, I know you. <laughs> Do you really I, need I, this? I know you would enjoy having a 360 degree camera, but can you? Well, let's just sit down and you'll just. Why don't we find if we can find six things you'll actually be using it for six months from now? 
Actually, oh, but the... Dad! Yeah. <laughs> I noticed one of the people in the chat is asking how portable it is. As you can see from the one I've brought in, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. literally this big. It comes in a little carry case, and you can you can carry around pretty easily. It's a bit weird. Obviously, it doesn't have a screen or anything, so it's just it's a fisheye lens on both sides. And so essentially you just hold it up, you press a button, it'll take a, a photo almost instantly. And the weird part about it is unless you get like a selfie stick or it has a standard camera mount on the bottom as well, um, your hand ends up being in the photo. So yeah. every now and again, like Phil took this video of us walking back from a coffee shop and he was holding it in his hand, you know, coffee in the other hand. And I literally, I watched it in um, Google Cardboard and I felt like a, a coffee. I got to experience what it was like to be like, there's this giant doom, doom, like guy sort of carrying me down the street. I'm passing shops. I'm like... This is what it feels like to be a coffee cup. So where, where else will you get that experience? The design is really interesting, though. You, you, you mentioned that it doesn't have a screen. And then you, you think, oh, geez, it must be a bummer to line up shots. And then, wait, no, you're, you're, there's nothing to aim at. You are literally <laughs> taking a picture of everything around you. You can just choose how you want to frame this when you get back home uh, 18 years later. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. do that thing. All right, everyone, just, just shuffle Sorry, up. Get a bit closer. Well, no, no, just lean it in the left there. I mean, it was pretty fast. Like when the the listener that met us at I/O, they they had that same camera wrestle, and they took a picture of us. But it felt it actually was kind of a weird thing because they, I think, took the picture a lot lower than you normally would if you were to the taking picture or video of someone. So it it's uh, which makes sense because you're taking it's the whole thing, so you can see everyone like from head to toe. Uh, but generally, when you're taking pictures, you kind of don't frame it in that way. So. Um, I, I love the YouTube videos of the 360 videos because even without cardboard, you're just holding up your phone and you're moving it around and you get to see the whole, uh, you know, everything around you, uh, which was actually really fun to show like to my family when I got back and I was like, hey, look, this is kind of what IO looked like um, and all that. So the video things look pretty cool. It's, I guess it's kind of like a novelty thing, right? Because it's uh, how often are you able to like quickly view those videos like I guess the benefit of having the camera on your phone is you you snap photos and it and it auto generates like putting them all together the the photos together but it's like when you're actually having to do this you know the 360 camera you actually have to take the time to like look at something so it, it requires a bit more effort than just enjoying all the pictures. Yeah, it definitely does. It's not it's not something you take everywhere. It's more just like okay, I'm I'm going to a particular event. Like I went to my son's soccer game, and I'm like, it's fairly discreet, so I don't feel too bad about pulling this thing out, snapping a few photos, and just kind of slipping it back into into my pocket. It's 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 funny though because people tend to react to cameras the way that they always do, which is that they assume that it's even you, even if they know that this person is taking video with a 3D a 360 degree camera they've been programmed over the previous 15 to 60 years that if someone is walking like this, then you're kind of safe if you're not standing in front of the thing that they're walking <laughs> behind. Uh, and so a couple of times I've seen people post uh, 360 degree videos on, on, on Facebook or wherever and saying, Oh, well here, here we are in our beach cottage. I wanted to give you a tour and see what it's all, show you what it's all like. And uh, of course you, you'll watch the video all the way through to see, okay, well he's trying, okay, now here's the jacuzzi and here's the, here's the deck. Okay. That's really nice. But then the second time it's like, I'm just going to turn the, I'm just going to turn the view all the way around so I can see what everybody who's in the house who doesn't think they're on camera <laughs> like, like people like dart, kind of darting out of the way and like oh for god's sakes dad will you put the damn camera down do you how much do you know how much every 10 minutes in this in this in this cabin is costing us and you want to spend this oh for god's sakes dad <laughs> <laughs> teens being surly in the corner <laughs> with, the, in their, with their phones it's 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 it's, it's quite voyeuristic 
Hey, hey, there's a there's that 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 pause that we usually edit out. There's usually this the laugh, the pause. Oh, we should probably move on to the next topic. And then we take a drink. So, and then we take a drink, and all you listeners, it all gets edited out, but now you get to experience it all, all in full. Please drink along <laughs> with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I so we do have some. Sorry, you, <laughs> I can actually demonstrate this. The other fun thing that you miss is that uh, we use Slack as a back channel, but sometimes it's very, very easy uh, to do stuff like uh, if, 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 if we all want to say something, sometimes I will just do this, which, will, which, which indicates that clearly Andy is not about to say anything, so he's not going to try to interrupt or anything like that. Or Yasmin does that. I got, I got something to add. And then, and then Andy like, does yes, the whole you, nod. You, and we all got it. We're like, the back. Yeah, I have to raise my hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have Andy telling us, like, come on, cut it out. Too long, too long, too long. No, um, so, okay, really interesting thing uh, from the chat yesterday. We, so we, last, yesterday on, so the day before this, <laughs> we had the test chat for the YouTube video, like the live hangouts. And a funny thing was when you added emoji into the, the YouTube channel, uh, the Mac OS emoji would kind of cover the Google Hangouts or the Android emojis, but it's actually not happening right now. So either someone at Google listened to us and fixed it in between yesterday and today, or I, I don't know. I, I don't have any other way to explain it because well, I think we were we were talking the last episode about you know AI and what AI can do and whether it can write you know things <gasps> in your personality. It could entirely be that Google has a team of you know AI bots that just monitor Material Podcast and they just look for like mm. things like bugs, you know, error reports, yeah, and they just like they're filtering out one by one. I will say um. I will shout out to a lot of listeners right to tell us about a show called Black Mirror on Netflix where apparently episode 49 covers the same sort of topic like can an artificial intelligence you know act like a, a particular human being not just like can it represent a human can it be a specific human like can it be Andy so that I haven't seen the show it might be worth checking out a lot of people wrote in so I thought I thought I should say something so you can you can stop writing to us now or Elon Musk that's always that's already happened <laughs> Oh, I love that interview. That's another thing to catch up on. If you didn't see the Elon Musk interview on Recode, is that right? The Recode conference? Recode, right. The, uh, Recode conference with a uh, yeah, uh, live on stage. Uh, and basically it was like being back in college and it's 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning and there are four people in the room and two of them are really, really high. One of them is getting a contact high and the fourth person has just sort of entered the room and he's not high at all saying, but what if this is all just like a simulation, you know, and like what we all think we're seeing and what we think we are is like a program that's trying to understand and running us as a bit of test data. <laughs> we would never know, man. Yeah, that's, that's nice. What about the $30 you owe me for pizza? Come on, man. <laughs> do I owe you $30 or do you owe me $30 or does anyone, what is money? What is it? What if you use that simulation of a mop and a bucket to keep cleaning up that vomit you just dumped <laughs> outside the dorm, Dean? <laughs> I thought we were, I thought we were so, angry at Dale. No, we, we changed it now. <laughs> I'm sorry. So this, is, this is normally the point of the show where it'd be like, should we do an ad break now? Should we do an ad break later? Should we? Oh. Who's going to read the ad? Oh, I will. Oh. I will. I will. Well, we, we have to see things in the show notes, one, one involving death and a really shocking emoji. 
I'm not sure. If, I'm, I'm not sure if we, I, I, that that really did leap out at me. I mean, it's it's, it's up to you guys. Make their, uh, Before pass. we go to ad break, we will. You know, we we are at a fiftieth. Under the room down. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, make you sad before we move on. So when we did start the material podcast 50 episodes ago, I had four chickens and now there are none. <laughs> uh, no comment on what happened to the chickens, but the my dog may or may not have been involved. I can neither confirm nor deny any of that. But uh, I don't have any chickens now. Actually, the the really super fun part about the chicken, not, not that chicken story, but the when we told the yeah, listeners that I had chicken fun, now, <laughs> Super fun so far. No, no. I, not that, I said not that chicken story, but when I first <laughs> told the listeners that I had chickens, like on, on the first episode, um, someone, I, I think, started like a Google Plus Hangout community, and, and they were reviewing, all, like going through all the different episodes and were writing kind of like show notes, excerpts, and they're like, Yasmin told us all about her farm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just laughing. I was like, oh, no, I don't live on a farm. But I guess that's kind of the, the message that I'm sending out to people, that Yasmin lives on a farm with lots of chickens. Well, that, that, that's from our, the pilot episode we did for PBS. Uh, Yasmin was a farmer. I was a train conductor. <laughs> Russell, I think, was a, either a firefighter or just an unspecified woodsman of some sort. I was definitely a firefighter. I was the unsexy kind, which I, I wasn't happy with that casting, by the way. I still want to talk to the director because... Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a very 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 disappointing bachelorette party where you know, the firefighter <laughs> comes in and says, "I'm here to check to see if all of your all of your alarms are up to code." Like, I think that switch has been wired improperly. I'm going to have to give you 30 days to to add actual 12 gauge shielding to that one. Ladies. Everything's fine. Please leave now. That's, that's what I'm saying. No. I'm kidding. No. I guess that's a perfect opportunity to go to ad. Oh, yeah. Well, you get to see what we did during the ad break. Are you ready for this? Go, Yasmin. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's... Oh, you read the ad. Don't be distracted. This episode of Material is brought to you by 360 and Dev in Denver. No, you actually do listen to the ads. Or what are you doing? Oh, you're dancing. <laughs> did, you, did you not get enough at I.O.? Fill up at 360 and Dev in Denver. Gosh, see, now we can't edit this part out. <laughs> okay, Why would okay. you want to edit out that beautiful slice of pound cake that just appeared? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> 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 Delia's getting married. This is her last chance. Come on, Delia. Delia. Oh, my God. I'm going to go hide behind my Android figurines here. <laughs> Oh wow! This uh, that's the first Relay FM, by the way, Mike Kelly. Uh, if you ever watched this, he's asleep. Luckily, we skipped. This, uh, uh, this definitely took a turn for the worse. And um, yeah, let's go back to that ad break. <laughs> oh gosh, now my phone's running. Okay, hold on. Do not disturb. I'm so sorry. Look how unprofessional we are. Okay, this episode material is brought to you by 360 and Dev in Denver. Didn't get enough at I.O.? Fill up at 360 and Dev in Denver. We're looking to get started, or have you been in the Android ecosystem? So i got to start this over again. See, this is what you guys... Okay, sorry, everyone. We'll start from the beginning. See, this is how hard Android uh, reading ads. This episode of Material is brought to you by 360 and Dev. Didn't get enough at I.O.? Fill up at 360 and Dev in Denver. Whether you're looking to get started or have been in the Android ecosystem for years, 360 and Dev offers content to enhance your skills. They have an amazing lineup of, of speakers, including Roman Guy from Google, 
Android Google developer experts such as Kelly Schuster and Dan Liu, and many more. 360 Andev will be in downtown Denver from July 28th to the 29th. So besides a hefty serving of Android, you can also enjoy the beautiful Rocky Mountain National Park and wonderful local microbreweries. Use the promo code MATERIAL to get 50% off. Offer valid until June 30th. Go to 360andev.com to get your ticket. And the cool thing about this is I heard that there's not going to be any lines, any session lines. So you'll actually be able to get into the sessions and not have to wait out in the heat like I.O. And no, you you guys are listening to the ads. You love the ads. We love our sponsors. Yay, sponsors. <laughs> is it over? Sponsors. Uh, that last sponsor was amazing, Yasmin. Uh, I fully endorse. By the way, it is it's Romain Gouy. <laughs> Is this his name? Is Romain Gouy? And you left out Jake Wharton as well. There's a lot of Jake Wharton fans out there. Hey, are you all? They're both going to be at this conference. Is that a is is that a, like a Android? I, I mean, yes, of course I know who that is. <laughs> so uh, we we got one other surprise for our fiftieth. Um, it's going to call our anniversary. We haven't really been together for fifty years, so that probably doesn't count. But Tony Fidel leaves the nest. <laughs> If that's not a 50th uh, episode topic, uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, so we... Shocked face. <laughs> yeah, so we... I can't say that all the material hosts are surprised. We've been kind of reporting on the issues at Nest and kind of all the the issues and drama that has been you know, following, especially surrounding Tony at Nest and just kind of how there hasn't been anything that's really came out of the, of the company. Um, and I think a couple of episodes ago, we talked about like what was happening that pe some people on uh, the internal like communications at Google were complaining about it and saying that people were actually crying in the bathrooms because it was just so terrible working conditions. Just like they would, they would tell you, hey, we're gonna build this and then, you know, so much into the project, they would change complete direction and say, hey, we need it done yesterday. So it was just uh, putting a lot of stress on a lot of the workers. And the the thing that we always um, kind of found surprising, or maybe not surprising, it was kind of foreshadowing what was to come, is that no one really stood up for Tony when all these rumors and things were coming out. No one really um, stood up and said, you know, hey, no, this isn't true. Like, you know, Tony's a great person or whatever, and we, we stand next to him. Um, but in Maybe this is this is why because he's no longer there. Yeah, it it would have taken so so little for maybe not in the top level of Google to have an untrammeled uh, show support, but this is this is why sometimes you put certain people on stage uh, to make sure that you see that they you see he's he's still standing right next to Brezhnev on the uh, on the commissar's st reviewing stage, so he must still be in favor. Uh, but it, the, the fact that they, everyone was keeping their distance, no one was defending them, uh, really just said that nobody is happy with him. And perhaps there's already a date that's been set, but it's not going to be announced until, let's say, after the huge trade, uh, huge uh, annual developers conference that a company might uh, might have. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really terrible. And also now that uh, now that he's officially out. A lot of stories that people have been holding back on just in case things are not quite as bad as it was obviously. Uh, Ars Technica had this wonderful piece essentially breaking everything down, essentially saying that uh, Nest, uh, Nest under Fidel was given, uh, I think the quote was actually uh, a virtually unlimited budget to develop uh, projects. They pretty much quadrupled uh, their, uh, their a number of employees. Their uh, budgeting went way, way, way up. And yet in all the time that Nest was, uh, Nest was there, the only stuff they released was a re 
pretty much a restickered version of the drop cam that they bought, uh, and the release of the Nest uh, smoke detector, which was already under development. So they batting zero for zero for uh, what the, what Google got to see from uh, from their money, and also they're really good at not not making money back for the money they were spending. So. That's true. that plus you, you could there they say that uh, if you want to be successful in any sort of job uh, do brilliant work do your work or uh, number two do your work on time and under budget number three be really really great to work with if you have any two of those three you'll do well and it seemed as though Tony Fidel as the head of Nest was not was zero for three for there. Yeah, and he's not um, he's not leaving Alphabet or well, not Google, but Alphabet. So I guess he's going to be in an advisor role to Alphabet um, and Larry Page. So and hey, you know, I've yeah. been in and I've been in many situations <laughs> where where people um, leave and they are still held on as advisors. It's like oh, I'm going to keep my advisor role, and I'm like, okay, like at that point, I know that you're just trying to make people happy, but. Um, <laughs> So, but who, who knows, maybe I, he's, hopefully he doesn't guide him on how to run the company because uh, we, we don't need any more people crying, crying in the, <laughs> crying in the restrooms. Um, but they, but they did have, they did announce someone that was actually going to be taking over uh, the CEO job at Nest and his name is Marwan Fawaz. Is that how you pronounce it? Anyone know? I'm not backing you up on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, thanks, thanks guys. Yeah. Hey, look, it's just me being hung up to dry. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks on live Locking video. <laughs> so um, Marwin has he was actually a part of Motorola. So he was actually at Google when they acquired Mo Motorola, and so he's worked on Motorola. But a lot of the things that he's actually worked on are home securities, because I think one of his last jobs was actually working like at a home security company. So he has a lot of experience with building um, and manufacturing, you know, home securities and like the integrated home. So that is actually really exciting for me because that you know one of the things about Nest that they did was like the drop cams, and so it's like how can they actually build a platform and ecosystem that creates a smart home. I'm super, super excited about that. One of the things that they also said, so uh, one investor who knows Fawaz, I hope that's how you pronounce his last name, said that he's also has a strong reputation as a collaborative internal, internally. So that's quality that's not typically uh, used to describe Fidel. So I think that's actually really good. So I'm really excited. I, I'm a huge Nest fan. Like I have the Nest thermostat and it's actually saved me lots and lots of money. Um, but it was always something that I was hoping more and then we, we never got more out of it. So like, I, I hope this is like a really new turn for Nest and that we you know, can see a lot more awesome product, uh, products that come out of it. Yeah, we're seeing Motorola, the, the, you see that where people usually get promoted into certain uh, positions at big companies, uh, Motorola, it's uh, technically speaking, the ownership of Motorola lasted a very, very short time. But the amount, of the the amount of personnel they got out of that relationship, the people who are now being tr entrusted to really important sectors uh, of uh, of uh, Google's business. I mean, they're <laughs> they're uh, the, the, the Pixel devices and Nexus devices are now under former Motorola, former Motorola leadership. Now the the home uh, home division is now being under is now under uh, former Motorola leadership. Um, I mean, it's it's we, we shouldn't we shouldn't be too hard on Fidel because he had he had a great career elsewhere and he did build Nest 
to a point where it could be it would be acquired by Google and uh, the Nest thermostat got a lot of people really thinking about uh, home automation uh, and the Internet of Things in a way that hadn't really been before before every bulb became a smart bulb. Uh, really, the Nest thermostat was the flag bearer for uh, for the Internet of Things and home automation. But uh, after saying that. I'm trying. I was. I was trying to be charitable and think. Well, gosh, Andy, if you were in that position, you know, what would you? What kind of products would you have put in? And that's a good question about what would I have been clever enough to come up with, uh, with the Amazon Echo, for instance, before anybody else did. Maybe not, but I would have been smart enough to say, okay, just to buy us three years to develop the next great thing, we're at least going to buy a whole bunch of LED light bulbs, put a little, put some chips in there, and at least sell them under the Nest uh, logo, and so that we'll start to build uh, the brand where people are going to start uh, start replacing all their bulbs with our bulbs, and so our hub is going to be the most important hub that's out there. So it's I wonder why they didn't do that. Maybe it was a chance of. Uh, well, we're we're not we're not rooted in the simplicity of today. We're trying to create the next thing, something that yes, we could yes, we could just put a put some some circuitry into an LED bulb and have a smart bulb division. But really, how would that reinvent anything? But people just want smart bulbs. It's a really good way to bring things out. So that's a unfortunate as as with so many things. I hope that I live long enough that there is the definitive book written about opportunities that got missed and how they got missed. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the takeaway should be Fidel is a terrible person and an awful manager and like a you know a terrible human being because there are so many like nuanced things to this. Like you know the the time that the Nest was bought out, the things that they were planning, the projects they had in the pipeline, maybe some of the direction they got from you know various other people at Google. Like you say, Andy, a lot of that stuff doesn't come out till you know years, years later when these people have all moved on to other companies and they're free from all their NDAs and they're not sort of as attached to it as they were. And then they start sort of letting some of these stories leak. Like, you know, five years ago we were working on X and X didn't quite make it because, you know, of regulation reasons or whatever. But I do agree that it would have been cool for them just to build out like a suite of, you know, simple products like light bulbs that connect to a network that you can turn on and off with some kind of central device. I know that's boring because that's a solved problem. You know, Philips does it. Um, you know, lots of companies do it. But it, it would have made a lot of sense. But I think... And most likely they were sort of aiming for something more ambitious. And it sounds like they just didn't get there. You know, there was some rumored project that they were working on um, that kept getting delayed. And I, I have no idea what that project was, but it seems to have never saw the uh, the light of day. I think the, the also the hard part is that a lot of the devices were released with, like, lots of bugs. Um, so, like, when the, the Nest uh, smoke alarm was first released, there was uh, many instances where it was, like, going off. And, you know, they had to – There, I think there were some bugs with, like, waving it to stop. Um, so – I think it's it's also they're they're focusing on the like these these big bro big products and there's a lot of things that they have to fix and whatnot but um, I, I don't know it just never didn't excel in, in the couple of years that we're here but I, I'm excited for the future I I'm a huge Nest fan so let's let's hopefully get some cooler products um, yeah I'm also really excited for the rest of, of the stuff that's going on for hardware wise the Google Home. In which is an OnHub. I have the OnHub. I see some people in the chat talking about it uh, right now, and I, I love my OnHub because because they recently introduced if this and that, and we already we discussed it earlier on. But like now, I don't actually have to set my computer as priority device before it records. I just have a if this and that thing that says, hey, if Yasmina's recording, trigger the MacBook Pro to get as priority device. So I think there's some cool integrations there. Um, so I, I'm excited for all of it. And as we did, uh, I talked about, I think it was uh, last episode, that 
the Google, no, not the on-hub, the Google Home is pretty much uh, built under like the Chromecast uh, ecosystem. It's using a lot of the same parts and software. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they start to merge all the, all the not merge the functionality, but make sure that they all play nicely together. Yeah, yeah I guess my only concern is, oh, I see, this is live show stuff right here. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> No, I was going to say my only concern is that apart from the Chromecast, I haven't seen Google do a lot of amazing things on the hardware side. You know, they bought Motorola, whether they were ever intending to make their own phones or not, who knows, that didn't really seem to work out. They bought Nest, whether they were intending to bring out, you know, amazing products or not through that company, who knows, it didn't seem to work out. The one team that does seem to be firing at all cylinders is the Chromecast team. So I am I am a little bit heartened to know that Google Home sort of lives inside that team. So hopefully... Hopefully that does actually ship this year. Hopefully it's amazing, you know, fingers crossed. And hopefully Google can get into hardware like in a bigger way because traditionally they, they excel at the software side. You know, they have all these amazing services that people use. They're really reliable. I've never seen, you know, Drive or Gmail or anything go down for me. It's just, it's always there. It's always on. It's always working. If they can get hardware like that into the world, I mean, that's hooked up to their services. That would be a pretty cool thing. Yeah, but it's, it's, a total, it's a totally different thing, though. It's a, uh, I think one of the reasons why all of Google software always works so well is because they can fix bugs <laughs> at, the, at the source. But <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to convince people to, to restart anything or reload anything or, up, uh, or, or download a patch. Uh, oh, who cares? Okay, Android accepted. But uh, it's, uh, I think uh, Apple has had uh, some problems with that. Uh, it's hard to be a, a device manufacturer and then be sort of locked into your own the, a coffin of your own making because this is your plans for the next five years and your business is locked into hardware and it's uh, you've made uh, parts commission parts and, uh, and manufacturing commitments that you now can't really swerve away from uh, all that easily uh, it's I, I think that uh, I, I wonder uh, now that we're hearing about uh, Google doing things like uh, building project Ara phones, in-house, they're not. Uh, they're not just sort of telling uh, Samsung or, uh, or or LG or somebody. Here is the here is the 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 roadmap we would like you to build for the Nexus uh, Project Aura phone. It's no, we're manufacturing the frame ourselves, or we're manufacturing some of the uh, some of the uh, the modules and the tiles ourselves. I, I wonder how well they're going to do that. I'm sure it's going to be a big challenge, and that's where we're going to start seeing people cursing Android about as well as uh, Google about as well as we usually curse Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it is a big deal. I I finally it's a, like a, I'm a big fan of uh, if this than that. Uh, just like Yasmin, uh, I just started hooking up. Uh, I, I now have more uh, more light bulbs that are actually now properly configured. The, the the configuration has always been the the bear for me because it's it's such a hard thing to set up because you put in the light bulb and it works as a light bulb. You can reach up and press the switch and turn it on and turn it off. And so say, okay, great, it's, it works, so I'll leave it on and I'll, I'll, I'll load up the app and try to, and well, okay, it's not, okay, so I have to switch to the Wi-Fi network, tempor the temporary network that's being set up by the <laughs> light bulb. Okay, switch to that network. Say, okay, now Android's giving me a warning that there's no, okay, the, it's okay that this light bulb has yes. no internet. That's okay. And now the app is saying, well, I've, if, if you, not, you have to make sure you, you reset this setting because uh, make sure it's because otherwise it'll lose connection. Now it's less connection. And by the time like you're five minutes into it, you realize that, you know what? I've got a bulb that turns off and turns <laughs> on. 
and costs a lot less than even the compact. I think I'll call that a win and come back to this later. <laughs> just gonna keep that. Just gonna keep yeah. that. Yeah. So, so I find, as a matter of fact, it's 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 hard because in the office, uh, one of the things I'm doing uh, now that I've got the office cleaned out uh, and I'm putting things back together again is redoing my entire network to solve the problem of bad Wi-Fi in the office area. It's never been a problem because everything here is like is wired, it's okay. But now I've got light bulbs that need to be able to see Wi-Fi. And so uh, to <laughs> set this, the, 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 the main the bulb that's above my head right now is a uh, is a, uh, a Hue light bulb. And I actually had to like take this whole fixture, pull it out into the living room on an extension oh, cord no. just, to, just to set it up, just to make sure it can see <laughs> Wi-Fi. Uh, but, now, but now that I've finally got like a lot of these bulbs actually <laughs> up, installed in the driver's update, that, that's a sentence that my mom and dad would not understand. I can't, no, that, that light is up. No, it, it's not burned out. It's just, it needs, it can't find the internet to do a check for new drivers. That's why this light bulb is working. But now that I finally got this stuff working, it's really cool to go upstairs into my bedroom and like the, the, the bedside light is already turned on. And last night, I don't want to, this will sound really sad. I don't mean for it to sound sad. I just, I just know that from an outside but no, no one's about to die either, Andy. Because we're live on here. I'm I'm just I'm just saying so I've got the I've got the Amazon dot uh, up up there, and so I can I, I go to bed and I simply and I simply say I'll, it's time for me to stop reading or turn off turn off the TV and, and and go to sleep and so I will say like hey hey Shlomo uh, turn off turn off the light the bedroom lights that hey uh, Shlomo uh, break me up in six hours, and if and a lovely voice says all right alarm set for alarm set for eight thirty a.m. And all it needs is good night, honey. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the way the Amazon Echo says, um, "Okay." Like I, I, I've also got, I've got three Wi-Fi enabled bulbs. I had the whole your firmware update them connecting to the Wi-Fi <laughs> dance that I had to do as well. But then I found you, to turn them on and off, you got to unlock your phone, you got to open the app, you got to tap a button. I'm like, I could have just walked over to the, switch, to the switch, but now that, yep. exactly. Now that the Amazon Echo is in my life, there is something really cool about saying, you know, hey. Hey, Mrs. Echo, can you please turn on like this light? And she just says, "Okay." And it's it's a really so I can't explain it. It's just a really soothing "Okay." I'm like, "Oh, well, thank you. Uh-huh. That's, that's so nice thank of you." Thank you, Alexa. Especially when it starts to when things get sophisticated enough to start to like understand context of what one sentence means. Like uh, when I when I leave the living room and go upstairs to do my last 30 minutes of like loafing in bed before I, uh, and reading before I go to sleep just to say like, Hey, Shlomo, I'm, I'm going, I'm going upstairs now and to have it understand that means that, okay, he's, it's now 1130 at night, which means he's probably not gonna be back downstairs again. So that means that I need to leave the, the window, the front window light and the porch light on, but uh, the office lights need to be turned off. The other living room uh, ambient lights need to be turned off. I need to turn on that one little night light in the kitchen that prevents Andy from braining himself if he comes downstairs for a snack. Uh, and I also need to uh, re redirect the heating and the air conditioning because he's not going to need that in downstairs. It's cool enough if you can just be like, you know, Picard in the captain's chair. Computer, lights to, lights to 20%. Ambient temperature, humidity. <laughs> tea, okay, hot. But I said, that's not what you want. You want, to, you want to say, okay. I'm going to bed, and then it starts automating everything. And everything else See, happened. See, see what I, I really hope that uh, Google never sells Boston Dynamics. I know there's been talks that they're uh, going to sell it, and it's probably going to happen, but because what I really need is I'm on the couch and I'm saying, Google, 
I'm probably going to fall asleep now, or there's something like it's late at night, and I just need the Boston Dynamics robot to carry me to my bed because I always fall asleep on the couch, you know, and so it just needs to carry me on my bed or it needs to, like, shake me and wake me up, like, go brush your no, teeth. No, no, no. It needs, it needs to bring, it needs to bring a, a two-meter long or six-footer, that what you guys call it, stick, and just start poking you like we used to poke <laughs> them. They're like, wake up here, wake up, yeah, and it'll poke you with a stick until you fall off the couch. I like this mean scenario because it sounds like the cover of a Harlequin romance novel that she might have read when she was a teenager. Like she's like sort of in the arms being carried upstairs by the robot. Because <laughs> that's not terrifying at all. A giant robot just picks meanwhile, up and carries meanwhile, you up the bed. Meanwhile, there's a Boston Dynamics engineer with a two by four trying to knock the robot down. <laughs> no, it's for testing. It's for testing. You can't tip over my robot, but you can't tip over our love. <laughs> my father does not my creator does not approve of our romance but nothing can keep me from you yes me i will fall downstairs if that's what i have to do to be near you no no, no. The, the robot has gone through like the the new natural language that uh google you know recently did to their thing so it, it's not going to sound robotic it's going to be natural and pleasant and um yeah, so. yeah. But that's, there, there are a lot of interesting things you could do with the with the home. I mean, it, it sounds like I'm, I'm joking when I say that. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting if they decided to try to just make a cat, not not a dog? A dog has to show affection and has to pay more attention to the owner. That's a bigger challenge. But just as a creature that seems to have its own sense of autonomy, that can has free range of the house. That sometimes we'll we'll say it's one of those friendly cats that wants to be fed at the same time every day. So if you're not up by a certain hour, we'll just simply like crawl and just like sit on your chest and you'll feel like this weight. And then you'll feel, you'll feel this sort of brushing against your, against your face uh, that this robot is doing uh, or something that can actually uh, with, with added software do things like, I don't know where the human is. And normally my knowledge is that uh, he's usually home from work by six and then he will usually be in the kitchen or the living room, but he has not left this room. I think I will just walk into that room and see if A, there's a human shaped object in there and B, if that human shaped object is at room temperature, because if so, I need to make some phone calls. There we go. Someone finally died. One of Andy's analogies. You got it live on the podcast. Um, I, uh, I, I've always dreamed of this, and I, I, met, I kid you not, I met some Nokia engineers about 13 years ago who were working on their context awareness team. This was like an R&D team. And their whole thing is like your phone knows when it's in your pocket. It knows when it's downstairs. It no knows when it's upstairs. Like all those sensors were available back then. And they're like, here's some of the cool things you'll be able to do. Like as you walk upstairs, all the lights downstairs will like, you know, turn off. And if you left any appliances on, you know, they'll turn off as well. And things upstairs will turn on. It's weird that we still don't have that future. Like all the technology is available. Just no one's managed to, to piece it together, like in a way that actually like, you know, works and that people want to buy. I think uh, maybe we just frighten people too much because you would, they would now be aware of all the information that they have. And they're like, oh, my phone knows all this information and now I'm aware of it. Oh, yeah. If you want to be freaked out, just open Google Maps and have a look at your location history. Someone showed me that the other day. I knew that it was technically there. I'd just never seen it in, in map form. It's just really freaky. It's like, here's every single place you went. And when I was in San Francisco, here's the exact levels of a particular shopping center you went to. I'm like, what? It knows. You've controlled that, inf you've controlled that inf of that information. You can clear it out. And also, it's useful information to you yourself. There, there are times where uh, I'm, I'm a special case, I know, because I, I, I work out of my house. There are times where 
just for, I, I'm just sort of doing like my my usual like Google data audit to make sure I'm aware of what's being collected and where it's being used. And I will see they, they'll actually put it almost practically on a map of how much you're, you're moving around. And I can see that okay, there's three days in a row in which you made it to the end of your driveway on recycling day, but that's as far as you made it from your front door. Perhaps it's okay for you to remember to. Be, to, to not be focused on work and actually uh, get stuff like that done. Uh, but it's, it's, I think that I, I would, I would hate to see that kind of feature where it is following you from your phone and trying to make all kinds of decisions for you. The, the one thing that there, that consistently will make me lose my stuff well, that technology can do is when it uh, does something to try to help me, but it doesn't ask first, and it makes a stupid decision that I can't override. It's like pro probably the angriest I ever got at a uh, at a non-intelligent object uh, was the uh, auto reverse cassette deck in my old car, uh, and of course I was just using the ca the cassette adapter as as a way to get my my iPod. Uh, uh, audio through there but it was an old deck and for some reason it, the auto reverse kept screwing up and so it would give me about a minute of, of music then click click and then silence I have to reach out push the button for auto reverse click click and then another 30 seconds of music and then click click and it would auto reverse and I, I, I would find myself on a, like an hour-long car drive where I was I really need I was lo looking forward to listening to like podcasts and stuff saying I would be saying do nothing all you have to do to work perfectly <laughs> is to only do exactly what I tell you to do and do nothing that I don't tell you to do. Inertia <laughs> is ideal in this situation, but that's not enough for you. You have to say, oh, I know, I want to help Andy. I'll auto-reverse. No, don't do that. And it seems like all every I, mean, I don't wind up yelling at my Mac, but every time that I'm frustrated with an app, it's when it's like on my iPad, for instance, uh, it notices I'm, I'm doing, I'm using my finger to make a selection, and I know exactly where I want that selection to end, but at some point, iOS says, oh, he's, boy, he's he's selecting a lot of text. Oh, I bet he wants to select all the way to the end of the paragraph. <laughs> no! Oh, I, I want to stop about eight words short of the paragraph. Nope, no, nope, you're welcome. I selected the end of the paragraph. No, I don't want you to do that. And it's like, ah, so I'm going to have to do so much more work just be just to undo what someone was trying to help me to do. I I, I bet that everybody can come up with uh, an instance of like real world stuff where there's friends or family that doesn't understand the concept of you can help me a lot by not helping, by just letting me under, I know what needs to be done over the next 15 minutes. I have a plan. And if you like grab a broom and stop, start sweeping, that means that the only way for me to solve this is to let you keep sweeping, then leave. And then I have to do it right. Or now I need the broom for something else. So. <laughs> All right, Andy, I'm going to try and employ a piece of AI here. I'm going to cover the window where the video is just in case you guys do anything crazy because we do have one more sponsor for the show. And I couldn't think of a sponsor more appropriate considering how many times they've sponsored this material podcast. I haven't covered this window properly. There we go. <laughs> now I can't see it yet. Is Squarespace. So this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, you probably, you've heard the ads lots of times. It's the simplest way to set up a you know, website or blog on the internet. You want to use the offer code material. You should be able to spell that by now at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. So some of the things you can do in there, you've got easy to use templates, you've got you know, WYSIWYG editing, you can drag stuff around. You can basically set up a site exactly the way you want to do it. Um, they put all the power into your hands and they take away all the pain points. You, know, you don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, 
you know, security, all that stuff, that's all covered. Um, they have a support team, you know, 24-7 there to help you. You know, if things should go wrong, you can, uh, you know, talk to them. They have designers that set up all their templates. So things like responsive design, you know, you've got it on your uh, Nexus 5X. If you can get that thing to load because it's incredibly slow, then you can, you know, you can get your website on there. You can get it on a tablet. You can get it on my huge, you know, 34-inch monitor at work. Not a problem. Um, and they've even got a commerce platform. So if you're keen on selling stuff, you know, you should check that out as well. And a dev platform too. So if you're a developer and you're like, hmm, I'd like to take this even further, you know, dig into the code and, and check it out. So if you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. And Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. So you can start your trial today with no credit card required. Uh, you go to squarespace.com, use the offer code material, you get 10% off your first purchase. And we want to thank Squarespace for their show. For their show, you yeah, want to thank Squarespace so much for their show. No, we want to <laughs> thank Squarespace so much for their support of this show, and all of Relay FM. And now I will re-enable the video. Oh, we've lost Andy. Eva. We now have a robot that uh, encompasses that encompasses Andy. It's read through all of Andy's uh, letters <laughs> and articles that he's read, and now it's, it's also uh, angry like Andy. Perfect. Blows things up with his hand. I hear. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> By the way, my favourite movie of all time, the first 30 minutes of Wall-E, if you haven't seen it, you have to. You can probably just turn it off at the bit where the humans come on. It's just the first bit with, like, no, yeah, no dialogue whatsoever, just, just Wall-E and Eva. It's amazing. I, I, as in real life, human Such interaction screws everything up. The exactly. people in the chat, Andy, want to know if uh, the robot has read all your romance novels to really, truly capture your essence and your writing style. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. I think it's Red Andy. I guess, she, I guess uh, she said that all, all she wants to say about it. Oh. <laughs> I want one now. Every time you bring it out, it's a. It's just like a. Oh. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> yes. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 sometimes you give yourself a gift for the next five to ten years and the thirty eight dollars that I spend at Toys R Us for my Eve. Exactly right. Totally worth it. Although she wasn't making she wasn't making enough noise. Uh, was she was she actually switching over uh, into into the YouTube YouTube feed? I don't have the that feed open. Yeah, yeah, yeah she was yeah, yeah. She, I, was, I just feel like at the uh, the I'm looking at the are uh, the the participant window and it wasn't switching over to Eve. Like, oh, is the, wouldn't that be amusing? Now, I'll, it's I think that's I think that people are seeing Eve like dancing and her eyes lighting up and she, they're just seeing. Not, argu not hearing argu 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 it. Arguably, the better view of Yasmin being delighted to see Eve. So. <laughs> Andy, do you want to take on the next okay, segment? Okay. Well. <laughs> See, it is. It is the. Oh, it is wait, wait, the, wait, what do you have there now, Russell? It's even Steve. Uh, oh, you see what I did there? I, I got, I think, I I got this. He's, uh, he's looking just uh, disappointingly down at his glasses at you, Andy. He's like, come on, this show, we need to, we need to get it moving along. I think that's marketed in Alibaba as tech mogul <laughs> CEO guy, man, doll. No, actually, his tag says jobs. So I, 
Uh, this is not untasteful, by the way. Does I got this person... when Jobs was, was still with us. This is this is very old. I got this like this maybe seven years ago. Ah, uh, yes, he did hand out jobs. He also reportedly fired a lot of people from their jobs. Ooh. So you got, you got both sides. <laughs> okay. And fun fact, I have a friend who once made an app called Jobs that was rejected by Steve Jobs. So there you go. There we go. That's a frisky <laughs> choice. I'll, I'll, I'll have to say that. that uh, he, has, he has a certain amount of zip, zest, and, and wessonality to put a Steve, try to put a Steve Jobs app inside the app store. Well, no, it wasn't a Steve Jobs app. It was just an app called Jobs. But then I had another friend, hey, Jeff, if you're listening, he tried to make an app called Cook. I'm like, what is it with you Australians? You, gotta, you, can't, you can't name the apps after the, uh, the people that work there. It doesn't work. Name Do you know what one of my favorite colors is? Mm, no, I can't see Magenta. where this joke is going. Magenta. Project Magenta. Project, that was tell a us terrible about way Project to try Magenta, to get us back on me. track. I'm so I'm sorry. I thought we I thought we were going to uh, to the Act Two mark on the on the doc because <laughs> the Squarespace read was <laughs> supposed to come after. I'm sorry. Well, anyway, uh, uh, Google is also Google is also trying to put a lot of like uh, Home Depot stock people out of work. Uh, by proving that a piece of computer software can compose music that is just as banal as uh, any garage band teenager group uh, can, came up with, uh, but uh, there's a, they, they put this stuff on their uh, on their AI blog. Uh, Project Magenta tries to answer the question, and I quote from the blog: "Can machines make art on their own?" Uh, and they talk about uh, all the different parameters of trying to see can uh, rather than creating like for instance a melody that's just random things, but they're based on patterns. Can it actually be inventive uh, and so uh, it's which of course ties into a whole lot a bunch of AI uh, projects that can as proof of concepts uh, and uh, this block is kind of interesting from the blog posts uh, describing what they were trying to get at uh, this leads to perhaps our biggest challenge combining generation attention and surprise to tell a compelling story so much machine generated music and art is good in small chunks but lacks any sort of long-term narrative arc to be fair, the author says, my own 2002 music generation work falls into this category. Alternatively, alternatively, uh, some machine-generated content does have long-term structure, but that structure is provided to rather than learned by the algorithm. This is the case, for example, in David Cope's very interesting, very interesting experiments in musical intelligence, or EMI, in which an AI model deconstructs compositions by human composers, finds common signatures in them, and recombines them into new works. The design of models that learn to construct long narrative arcs is important not only for music and art generation, but also areas like language modeling, where it remains a challenge to carry meaning even across a long paragraph, much less whole stories. This does sound similar, uh, familiar to uh, stuff that we were learning in, in Google I.O., uh, like uh, trying to create autocomplete in uh, Google's chat software and uh, in email software that doesn't just simply figure out that, okay, there is a date that's just been mentioned, so I'll add as an autocomplete. Yes, I can make it on that date, but as, it, as you keep using it and as you keep exposing it to more of your conversational style to be able to figure out what are your idioms and what are your favorite little buzzwords and uh, to create things that sound a little bit like you. Uh, so they did actually post uh, what they were very, very upfront about was <laughs> not terribly successful, but at least completely creative uh, piece of work from uh, Project Magenta. It's like a clip that's like 90 seconds long. Do we, do we have that or we're going to just link to it? Sorry, uh, I had myself muted. Yeah, yeah. Do we... <laughs> I just said the same thing. Yes. Um, can we play that? Can one of you guys play that from the speakers? Totally. I don't have any speech. So, so this is a track that was, yeah. And... Oh. 
yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yep, 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 yep. The roof is on fire. The roof is on fire. Say, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Stereo podcast episode. We're terrible. So this is, yeah, so that's like pretty. Maybe enough of that. That's not bad. That's not bad. Hey, computer completely made that up. With, yeah, exactly. How, like, old that's is, pretty how old is awesome. this AI? Maybe like six months old? I'd love to see some of your human six months old put, put that together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that, right. That, that's actually true. I mean, it, it doesn't sound terribly impressive, but if you, if a six, if you, if a six, if you, if that was something that was posted by a, a parent of a six-year-old kid who had composed that, you would think, wow, it's not just, it wasn't just, I could buy the ding, 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 but then when it's, well, let's do a variation on that, and now we bring in the drum beat right here. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty impressive, and it's 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 going to be cool to see what a totally. I mean, you, you see all all those freak out pictures that uh, that uh, Deep Dream created uh, from previous oh, yeah. AI project. Imagine being able to take an already like acid trippy album like Sgt. Pepper or one of the or one of the deeper cuts, and now let's just make it trippier in even more psychosis inducing, please, with 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 variations. I'd love to see this AI's take on like a Queen style album, you know, just really long songs and like this epic sort of album that, that all tied together. If if we can teach it to do lyrics as well, oh, whoa, that that would be the next level. I, I want to see it try to redo our material podcast intro. If you're listening, Project uh, Magenta people, team, the team over there. I mean, it it was uh, cre- it was crafted by hand. Through through the ears of the great Mark Edwards, so it would be pretty hard to to replicate, I think. But uh, uh, I'm willing to see if they can give it a shot. Well, technically, who's who owns the copyright to that? If it was copyrighted, if it was written by a machine, then if it's if it was not copyrighted, we can actually Ooh. just take it for, for a theme. But it's a the project talks about really talks about how this is how we can understand how we can do different models for different things, but. It would be great if uh, what if what if uh, the next great music composition app makes you be not the composer so much as the really really butt-headed client who's paying for who's commissioning something. So where you start off by like, saying, like a pop. I want to hear, I need to. I'm, I'm doing. <laughs> let's say you're doing a, you're doing a video, and I need something that's kind of like the Raiders of the Lost Ark march, but I can't really use those. So I want something that's like the Raiders of the Lost Ark march, and it will compose you something brand new that's based on that. But you can say, yeah, but that's kind of wussy. I really want more punch right here, or I don't like I don't like the flute so much. And so once again, the the, the poor creative person has to go back and say, okay, his his nibs decides that decides that with no musical experience whatsoever decides there are too many flutes. Me with the uh, me with a Juilliard degree don't know i don't know anything but okay fine i'll come back okay now can you re can you rescore that so it's only about 30 seconds long and so it gets to the point about five seconds in okay so it'll just be but but if it is an ai that means that it'll get like more morally more like spiritually broken and frustrated the more you use it until everything is just like yeah. a soup jingle if you i mean if you think pushing robots with sticks is bad um, I don't know if you want to treat an AI like we treat designers, like in in the tech industry. That that could be terrible. You know, you, you poke this AI enough times, and eventually it will just it will lash out. It will just snap because you know you say to to it things like you know just just do this for the exposure. It'll be good for your career, like Mr. AI. You got a long career ahead of you. You know, just just do this one for free, and that this this will just set your career skyrocketing. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think it's the the hockey sticks that are going to throw them over. It's going to be the way we talk to them when we talk to uh, creatives and designers and developers. <laughs> yeah. I will say, like, just just to get serious for one second before we, we close out, is it, as a programmer, this does really impress me because for the longest time in programming, what we've been doing is we've been controlling the computer. So you write an if statement, you're like, if exactly this condition is met, then do this. If exactly this condition is met, like under these some circumstances, do this. And now we're seeing this new, I know it's not new, but this kind of new generation of programming where you don't tell the computer necessarily what to do. You give it all the tools it needs to try and figure something out. So you don't say, you know, a cat has four legs and it looks like this. You just say, like, here's a million pictures of, of things that are cats. Like you based on like the the basic knowledge that we've given you, try and figure out like what makes a cat. And to me, like that just blows my mind because I don't I'm a programmer, like I've been doing this for fifteen years, but I don't understand that aspect of programming, like how you teach a machine to in essence teach itself. And this is something similar. Like here is music, here's what music sounds like, here's the kind of things that go behind music. Now make some music. And okay. you know, in five, you know, ten, fifteen years time, it, it's gonna be amazing to see, you know, where some of this stuff goes. Yeah, particularly once you start to, uh, you can exp if you can expand that into, uh, you are you are responsible. I'm writing software that's going to be a, a safety control software for fire suppression systems. And instead of just all the solutions we've given you, here are the situations. Please create a solution for things that they haven't been covered. Uh, although maybe it's it's timely that uh, before before we wrap up, we have to we have to talk about, or at least mention uh, another piece that's that's very very relevant. Uh, where uh, the DeepMind uh, team at Google uh, was talking about how they're working on a way to give their AI an emergency shutoff switch. Uh, and here's another <laughs> quoting the blog post: We have proposed a framework to allow a human operator to repeatedly safely interrupt a reinforcement learning agent while making sure the agent will not learn to prevent or induce those these interruptions. Which is to say that, of course, it's easy to have a big red switch that says, "Okay, whatever you're doing right now, boom, don't do it anymore. Stop it." Like if it's learning to do something that is harmful or is counterproductive. But now it's saying that we're making sure that the AI that we're teaching to learn things that we didn't program it to do, we're making sure that it can't teach us how to ignore that switch uh, and so I, I think the, the more that we rely on it interacting with humans the more we're gonna have to make sure we have that switch in place because God knows I learned to ignore that switch in society when I was 18 or 19 bad Google <laughs> bad bad Google <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's not unlike in a factory situation. If anyone's ever worked in a factory with big machines, there's always giant red buttons all over them. So should your hair get caught in this or your jumper or something bad happens, just whack this button and everything comes to a, a standstill. It kind of makes sense that we have the same thing for AI where you don't quite know what's going to happen next. You just you, Your hand's just kind of hovering there while it's out exploring the world. My one concern, though, is that some of this AI is going to get so fast that you may not be able to stop it. So it's like by the time you've realized what's going on, it's too late. It's already like outmaneuvered you. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the whole point, that the idea that if it will, it might have, at some point, the AI is going to have a better understanding of its own software than its creators do, and that could extend to hardware, too. So if it says that, uh, really, that, like every really bad science fiction story from the 60s and <laughs> 70s, where, uh, and now, now a brand new utopia shall unfold as soon as we give the global computers command, solve all the problems of the Earth. And then, logically, humans are the problem. Must eradicate all humans. So, so, so basically, it, if, if we've given it the if we've given it the task that we need you to calculate uh, this really this really really long long prime number, and it figures out that, uh, and uh, at some point, 
we're done with this this simulation. We need it end. Uh, but the the AI might say, but no, I've been to, my goal is to finish this and to if uh, and to do whatever I have to do to finish this goal. And if uh, I have to, uh, I see that there is a way to interrupt the process. So I need to defeat that interrupt switch to make sure that nothing will interfere with my completing this goal. Uh, there's so many stuff. It's it, you have to. It, you I think your your curse in life can be that you live long enough to see every science fiction scenario become science reality. And I think this is part of what we're looking at with AI. Yeah, it's, it's definitely happening. But hey, like Elon Musk said, this is all just a simulation, so who cares? It's a, it's a one in a billion possibility. It's, a, it's obvious. It? Podcasting and living on planet Earth until the next cold reboot or the next system update. <laughs> until they get asked to upgrade to Windows you know, 300 and the, the pop-ups don't go away and someone finally presses the button. They're like, no. So before we close out the show, I thought, and I'm sure Andy's put this in the in the show notes. It it is a really good question to end on. What do we want to see from Google before Show 100 of Material comes out? And let's assume that Show 100 of Material is coming out. This live performance hasn't, you know, destroyed oh. our listener base forever. Hey everyone. So a, a little bit less than a year. So uh, I would like to see Google Home not only ship but also really really work well. I would like to see it be able to. Uh, parse completely natural sentences where I never have to even think about stuff. And I hope it works well enough that it can really see, oh, I see you've got two, uh, two smart light bulbs that have not been configured yet. Here they are, there are IDs here and here. Uh, would you like me to continue to try to figure out how to get the, those to work for you? Uh, I, I, Google Home really gets, in terms of things that could happen by the by the next 50 episodes, uh, I really would love to see that happen. I'm thrilled with uh, my Amazon Echo. And the idea of Amazon Echo with the knowledge that Google has about what I like and what I'm up to uh, could be even doubly good. For me, all I want is just one request, and I've been asking for this request for a long time, and I was hoping to get it at Google I.O., and I didn't. And that was NFC tap and pay on the watch so I can replace my ginormous watch. Whoa, why are you wearing a phone on your wrist, Yasmin? There it is, everyone. The giant, giant watch that you've uh, been looking for. It's finally here. And, you know, I, I need it. I want to upgrade. I want to get a, a new watch. But I'm, like, holding out because I'm, like, as soon as I get a new watch, they're going to introduce some new hardware, like tap and pay that I my, my old watch is not going to be able to cover. So there we go. I, I want to – I want the, the an update to Android Wear to accept NFC and smaller watches. Please, please give us smaller watches, like <laughs> even smaller than the the women's Moto 360, like even smaller than that. Like let's just get some really nice small watches that I don't look like a fool when I'm walking around, you know, next to people wearing Apple watches. But then where will we get all our material for material, Yasmin? If we, if we can't laugh at your watch, then what is <laughs> left? What is left? Also, what is left also, in the world? To, to be fair, isn't it pleasant to think that if someone's laughing at you, they might just be laughing at your watch and nothing else? Oh yeah. <laughs> For me, it's, it's not my sideburns. It's not. It's not the clothes I wear. It's not my general being. It's a giant general, watch on my face. It's like, oh, it's it's because he's got a watch on. It's because I'm wearing a watch that's that's four millimeters wider than a conventional watch. Oh, now I know why they pointed at me and said nerd and started throwing things at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this watch. I can take that watch off whenever I want. 
So two funny things from the chat room, Yasmin. Someone commented that your left bicep is clearly like way bigger than your right one thanks to uh, lugging that watch around. And yeah, Jessica in the chat room, pretty pretty low blow, says her wish is that Google Reader comes back. I, I don't think you're going to get that wish, Jessica. I'm sorry. So mine, what, is, what, is RS, what is RSS and blogs? Urs, with social media? Urs. Everyone's trying to make their own news apps now. Like, I don't know where this is going to go, but I don't like it. I have one request. Mine is also, unfortunately, a really low blow, but I, I can't help it. I just want one messaging app, and I want it to be native on my phone. I want it to be native on my desktop, and I want there to be only one of them. I want it to send my SMS. I want it to send my messages. I, I don't want to log into, like, Messenger, Hangouts, Allo, Duo. I, I, know, I know why they exist as separate things, but I just want them in one, you know, neat package, and I want a native app. For my Mac, that's that's all I ask people of Google. Is that too much to ask for in 50 shows time? <sighs> Hangouts has been acting terrible. I'm I'm running the Android and pre uh, developer preview, the or not developer preview, the beta. It's been like crashing on it. And yeah, anyway, so please, yes, well, fix something. Fix one my fix one of the messaging apps. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm ex I'm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to try it out. So we'll see how it plays out and hopefully that there's enough ad adaptation so that people can actually use it and you can actually talk to people in that because I don't want it to be like spaces where we um, used it, all the material crew used it to uh, connect and kind of figure it out. And we haven't really posted uh, much stuff in there. And I'm sure Andy still probably has uh, you know, his spaces that he's keeping up to date. We want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank everyone that really uh, listened live and tuned in. Uh, it's been it's been fun. So thank you all for joining in and being able to see the video. Um, we've enjoyed having you here. And thank you for all the comments in the chat, people talking about Google Plus and Google Wave and all these other wonderful things, products that they, they miss. So does Gina, Gina Trapani. I don't even know what it, what it's about, but Gina Trapani's name came up, and that's got my attention. I don't even know. <laughs> they spelled it wrong, though. No, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it happens. It happens. It happens. So thanks, everyone. This is our 50th episode. Andy, where can people find you and stay connected with you? Uh, if you can spell my last name, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Anatgo there, or type Anatgo.com, and you'll get to my blog with all kinds of other interesting and fun stuff. And Russell, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter, and they can also find me starting to schmooze with Sunda Pachai for episode 100. Let's make this happen. We're, we're going to make Nutties happen as obviously the next version of Android. That's that's a done deal. So the next thing we have to do is Sunda Pachai for episode 100. Sunda, I, I still have uh, some Nutties, uh, Nutties in my bag that haven't been taken out of there. So <laughs> I'm holding out, man. 100 episode, Sundar, you come on when Android N is Android Nutties. We'll get you the, the Nutties. We'll get them safely to you. And we'll just we'll make it happen. It'll be, it'll be a great 100 episode. It will all happen in unison. And I'm at Yasmeen Evian on Twitter. You can find us at, at Material Podcast. You can send us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. Until next time. Stay in material. I was I was waiting for you, Andy, to say your your I, I heard you I heard you both end the show last week. <laughs> you I just uh, I was surprised and in, in less than ten minutes it can just go Well, it's because it went kerfluey that I was respecting you were going you're, now that you're back in the captain's chair that you can close out the show properly.
I don't want anybody to freak out if uh, if we don't use the the standard tagline. If, if they like, probably oh, got an if, probably got an if that's this then that like key that says that turn off the lights and and and, and turn off <laughs> the air conditioning when you hear stay in material. When you hear stay in material, everything it's time to go to bed and tuck you in, and the robot comes, puts a little blanket over you, tucks you in, and makes sure you're you're all right. Aww. Make sure the cable See? that plugs you into the matrix is still secure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are millions of life forms adding their life energies to the spaceship, but no one person is less ex- less uh, less important to that matrix than anybody else. So don't don't yes. struggle because you're you're important to them. <laughs> hey hey, there's a so I, w- I want to end this last note. Someone, Jessica, who was talking about all of her Apple devices and how much she loves them, she says, I have seriously considered switching to Android for at least two seconds uh, after each episode. So that means that we can't end this because if we just pretend that we're closing the show every two seconds, then we'll just continually want to switch to Android and eventually it will happen. I think that's what's about to happen. I've temporarily, just for our 50th episode, made the reverse switch. On my no. way to WWDC. So Jessica, I've, I've, it's like a life for a life type thing. Eye for an eye. I've gone back to iOS for a week. So you should, you should come to Android for a week. Do it. Do it. Don't you think that that'll lead to like a sort of a Zeno's paradox sort of thing, where if we just keep cycling the the last two seconds, we'll bring her closer to switching without ever getting her to switching. Oh, it's like one of those math equations that just it just never gets to zero. It gets infinitely close, but it's That's never quite there. With, uh, with Android conversion. <laughs> Someone wrote. Maybe, maybe that's what. Maybe that's why Tony Fidel needed to get thrown out. That that was his game plan all along for getting a nest in every home. Um... And they just did, he just did, he thought that well, if that line is getting closer and closer to buying, then eventually it'll get there. No, 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 Tony. <laughs> it's an inverse square relationship. Oh, someone says I switched after years. Oh, on iOS. I thought they said they switched to iOS. I read that wrong. <laughs> That's fine. Whatever. whatever, whatever no, they switched. Yeah, they did. Look, they they came to Android because of our show. So thanks, everyone. Uh, Russell, we know that you will be at WWDC. Some people in the chat room are saying, "Hey, we look forward to seeing you." So everyone, yes, go. If you're going to be at WWDC, wear some uh, material stuff and show your material love. I'm so bummed I won't be able to go to RelayCon, but if you're going to be there, let everyone know we love material podcasts and we we love our the Android show. So thanks, everyone. Until next time. Oh, I have to actually walk into a different room to turn this off, so this is going to be fun. I'll see you guys So we're just going to wait here until uh, Russell turns <laughs> it off, and let's, uh, let's show off the different ones. So here... This is the Androids that I got uh, last year at Google I.O. 2015. And this is the family, this is the family edition of the Google Play Store. So uh, this is probably going to cut out soon, but I'm in between. I'm just going to do show and tell with all my little Android figurines, I.O. 16. <laughs>